from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in. Well, coming up on this Monday edition. In light of what Justice Kennedy wrote in Obergefell about uh, honorable people who object to same-sex marriage, do you think it's fair to equate opposition to same-sex marriage with opposition to interracial marriage? Yes. That was Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito this morning questioning Colorado Solicitor General Eric Olson in the latest religious freedom case to make its way to the nation's highest court. Web designer Lori Smith is the latest target of the state of Colorado as they seek to force businesses to participate in same-sex weddings. I was at the Supreme Court uh, speaking at a rally for the First Amendment on the steps during the oral arguments. I'll talk about the case with Jake Warner. He is a senior counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom who represented Smith before the court today. And... I had a meeting with the president. I laid out very clearly what the difference will be with the new Republican majority. And we're working through what is the NDA, the National Defense Bill. Um, we will secure lifting that vaccine mandate on our military. That was House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy yesterday morning on Fox News saying the Republicans will not approve the annual authorization for military funding, which is a must-pass piece of legislation, without the lifting of the COVID vaccine mandate. We'll get the latest from Texas Congressman Chip Roy yeah, a little bit later. And here's why the left is so worked up about Twitter. Elon Musk not only got the little blue bird, he also got the nest, which had all their files. What he's showing here is evidence that the Biden campaign uh, colluded with big tech to suppress a story that we now know is 100 percent true. That was Congressman James Comer yesterday on Fox News' Sunday Morning Futures. We'll talk about that story a little bit later as well. And the House of Representatives is set to vote once again on the Disrespect for Marriage Act tomorrow. Travis Weber, Vice President of Policy and Government Affairs here at the Family Research Council, will join me with the latest on the bill, as well as an uh, overview of what's happening in the lame duck session of Congress. And speaking of the Disrespect for Marriage if the Republicans who supported the redefinition of marriage in the Senate were thinking the public would forever hold their peace, well, they were wrong. Not only is the public speaking out, but so are elected, other elected officials. Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft publicly pleaded with Missouri Senator Roy Blunt to not support the Disrespect for Marriage Act. Why did he speak out? Well, he joins us to answer that question a little bit later here on Washington Watch. And speaking of attorney generals, well, attorney general of my home state of Louisiana, Jeff Landry, has created a protecting minors tip line to report library materials that are exploiting children through sexualization, grooming, and other forms of abuse. Now, the, trip, uh, the tip line comes after an initial investigation pulled back the curtain on what is happening in public libraries. Now, I've read through the report, and in some cases, libraries have become peep shows for children. General Landry joins me later here on Washington Watch. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you. Be sure and check it out. Now, we do, do not ask often, but I'm going to ask now. because The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Washington Watch doesn't have any advertisers. It is made possible because of folks like you across the nation who are concerned about the direction of our country and, and want news that they can trust. And they want news and information from a biblical perspective. And they're standing with us in prayer and with their financial support. My question for you, would you like to join them? Thanks to a special year-end challenge match by Friends of FRC, your gift will be doubled. It will double the impact if it's received before December the 31st. So to join us and be a part of the Washington Watch family, call 1-800-225-4008. That's 800-225-4008. We've got folks standing by to take your call, or you can go to TonyPerkins.com. Attention, Georgia voters. Tomorrow is the crucial Senate runoff election between Republican Herschel Walker and Democrat Raphael Warnock. If you've not yet voted, be sure and vote. They're setting records for early voting. The weather's supposed to be uh, kind of rainy tomorrow. Do not, do not let that deter you from voting if you've not yet voted. If you need a voter guide, you can go to frcaction.org to find out where the candidates stand on the issues. 
Our word for today comes from the prophecy of Isaiah found in chapter 19, verse 14. The Lord has mingled a perverse spirit in her midst, and they have caused Egypt to err in all her ways, as a drunken man staggers in his vomit. Isaiah prophesied about Egypt, a nation that appears in Scripture more than any other nation alongside Israel. Egypt has contributed enormously to civilization, credited with developing writing, advancing the sciences of mathematics and medicine. Their cutting-edge technology is seen in the pyramids, which are truly amazing. But something happened. Having been to Egypt multiple times, meeting with their political and religious leaders, I have a love for the people and for the country. But I've never been to a more chaotic place. There is chaos in the streets, in their politics. It's all-encompassing. It's evidence of the fulfillment of God's Word. But there's good news coming for Egypt. Isaiah prophesied a future blessing for the country. To join us in our journey through the Bible, go to TonyPerkins.com. All right, last week, Twitter owner Elon Musk promoted a series of tweets showing that throughout the 2020 presidential campaign, Twitter executives routinely collided uh, with the, uh, colluded rather, I should say, with the Biden campaign staff to remove tweets the campaign flagged. Well, in October of 2020, during the height of the presidential election cycle, Twitter executives struggled with how to handle a bombshell story from the New York Post about sensitive information on a laptop belonging to President Biden's adult son, Hunter. Well, eventually, Twitter took steps to block the Post story from its platform, a move that former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey has since labeled a mistake. Now, this was an enormous effort by a major communications platform to influence the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. Now, we can't know what influence these actions actually had, but last Friday's news drop did confirm the suspicions of many about both Twitter and the Biden campaign. And uh, we're going to talk with uh, Congressman Chip Roy in just a moment. He's running late uh, from the Hill. But I'm gonna, while we're waiting for Congressman Chip Roy to join us, I'm going to go to Travis Weber to get the latest on the marriage bill and the lame duck session of Congress. Uh, Travis, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you, Tony. All right, we're still anticipating a vote tomorrow afternoon on the uh, so-called Respect for Marriage Act in the House Passed the Senate, goes back to the House for the House to con, uh, confer with them on the uh, amendments and agree to those amendments. So what's, what is what is the latest yeah. that we're hearing? So, um, Sony, we continue to make sure that um, it is beyond doubt clear in the minds of the members of Congress and all who are engaged in this debate and discussion that this bill has religious freedom problems. Uh, I do think this message is starting to break through today. Uh, uh, Representative Mario Diaz-Balart put out a statement saying that uh, he sees how this bill is deficient on religious liberty, articulating why he will be opposing the bill. Uh, this is a sign that the message is um, resonating and members understand that this is just unacceptable. They cannot support it and uh, it is deficient on religious liberty. So we're just helping members understand this and other reasons. Obviously, we have concerns about the bill itself and its policy of what it's trying to do to distort marriage. But uh, as we uh, continue to engage with our friends on the Hill, uh, we're looking at a vote likely tomorrow could be um, in the days, you know, could get pushed, pushed to the next day. But, uh, Tony, it looks like it's on schedule, uh, at least for now, um, for tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be joined here just a moment by Congressman Chip Roy, who actually has taken an amendment very similar to the amendment that uh, Senator Mike Lee had addressing these religious liberty uh, issues, which shows the deficiency because every Republican voted for Mike Lee's amendment, showing that they realize there's a problem when it comes to religious freedom. Right. If they supported Mike Lee's amendment as they did, why would you support the bill when Mike Lee's amendment failed to get enough votes to pass, failed to make it into the bill? The, the, the need for Senator Lee's amendment is, is so clear. 
in terms of the number of entities it would protect who needed protection, as we've seen in all the litigation post Obergefell. So if you recognize that, and you recognize the text you're voting on as part of the final bill does not protect those people, then you can't have it both ways. You have to decide either they need protection or you're going to stand up and say, well, actually, they don't need protection. And fortunately, a lot of leaders try to have it both ways and uh, supported the amendment, but not the bill in final passage. All right, Travis Weber, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us for the update. All right, uh, we've got Congressman uh, Chip Roy on uh, Connected Now. Congressman Roy, welcome back to Washington Watch. Hey, Tony, sorry, I was actually over at the Rules Committee testifying, so I'm a little bit late. Sorry well, and, and it's a very timely because we were just talking about your amendment uh, related to the marriage, uh, Disrespect for Marriage Act. Uh, tell us about why you see this as uh, necessary to address the deficiencies in the, this bill when it comes to religious freedom. Well, y'all were just talking about it, uh, the actual text of the uh, underlying legislation that came out of the Senate, despite what 12 Republicans uh, bought into, will not protect religious liberty. It just won't. Um, to the extent that it does protect religious liberty, it is so narrow in its application uh, that it, it leaves everybody else dangling under the false pretense of being protected. Now, what do I mean by that? There was language in there in one of the sections that gets to the heart of churches, religious organizations, and so forth that supposedly get protected. In fact, my colleague Jamie Raskin was just touting how this was some great compromise and how the founders envisioned it all. Well, pause for a second. When they jammed it through the House with no House Judiciary Committee hearing in July, on July 19th, they jammed it through without any religious liberty protections. It goes over to the Senate. They've been debating it now for a couple of months. They finally add in some religious liberty protections now to the point they're half measures. They only protect the solemnization. That is the act of these religious organizations to actually perform the ceremony or engage in the solemn act of the marriage. Not, for example, hiring practices, not, for example, if you uh, maybe you're running a uh, adoption organization or maybe you're a private Christian school. No, no, that's not what they're protecting. So it, it falls way short. They just killed it in the rules committee on a technical budget violation, which frankly wasn't even accurate in my view, and I refuted it, and they just ignored it. Um, you know, it's amazing to me because I've seen some suggest that this is a solution to a problem, this uh, disrespect for marriage act. They're creating the problem. Uh, there, there was, they're saying, that, well, this is going to protect religious freedom. No, you're creating a problem for religious freedom. You're not addressing anything. This is a, this is a, a solution in search of a problem. Yeah, a problem in search actually, of a solution, I should say. Yeah, the bill actually creates a cause of action. It gives the power to go after people for carrying out their closely held religious beliefs. That's the problem, right? You're giving. It's like you got a guy out there and he's sitting there with a shield, and that shield is the Constitution. That shield is RIFRA, Religious Freedom Restoration Act. And now he's got, you know, that's Bob. He's got the shield. Sam's over there, and he's just staring at him. He's going, oh, "I got the shield." Now they go give Sam a sword. And then they go, oh, oh, congratulations, Bob, for still having your shield. Right. It's like, no, you just gave them the sword right. to come after you with. And that's what's happening in real time, as we saw at the Supreme Court today. Um, Chip Roy, we're out of time. We're up against a break. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have my producer talk with you, see if I can get you back on. I've got to go to yeah. the next segment on ADF uh, at the court today on a related topic. Uh, this issue of a web designer being forced to engage in a same-sex wedding uh, participation in terms of creating web design. So stick, hold on just a second. Uh, folks, we're going to come back with more Washington Watch on the other side of this break. Today, the Supreme Court major religious freedom case will only see more of these if the Congress goes forward with this disrespect for marriage act. Stick around. Don't go away. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. 
When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview. Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Like that music, it's Christmas time. I like Christmas time. All right, we've got to move on. I am going to come back to the story a little bit later about Elon Musk and the Twitter files because I think this is a very revealing of what's happening with, uh, uh, well, we've known this was happening, but now we've got the evidence. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But for now, the U.S. Supreme Court heard oral arguments today for the case of Lori Smith, a Christian web designer compelled, you know, much like the Bakers, compelled by her home state of Colorado to design web pages celebrating same-sex marriages. That's a clear violation of both her freedom of speech and her religious liberty. Now, it's fitting that the oral arguments in this case, known as 303 Creative LLC, took place almost the same day when the House of Representatives is widely expected to pass a bill codifying the court's 2015 decision redefining marriage into federal law. Now, the left is working to silence or even drive out businesses, Christians, who cannot and will not leave their religious faith at the door of their, their vocation. And here, as, as Christians in America, you know, that have a First Amendment freedom, and that First Amendment freedom is not about where you go to church or if you go to church. It's about the ability to live your life according to your faith. We've talked about that so many times. And in America, we should not be forced to honor choosing. We should not be forced to choose whether we're going to honor God or obey government. Government should be in alignment with the truth of God. And that's not the case in America today. Joining me now to, uh, to discuss this case is Jake Warner. He is the senior counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom, which, as I mentioned earlier, represented Lori Smith at the Supreme Court today. Jake, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, um, tell us how you think things went today. Kristen Wagner argued the case. I listened to it. thought she did a great job. Uh, what is the sense of how things were lining up for uh, Lori and the team today? It was a great day in court today. Kristen did fabulous. And to give some context about what's going on here, Lori Smith owns 303 Creative. She's a website designer. She wants to create custom websites celebrating God's design for marriage between a man 
and a woman. But Colorado says she's not welcome in that space. And Colorado would compel her to create custom art and websites promoting views of marriage that go against her beliefs. And that's exactly what the state of Colorado told the Supreme Court today. Colorado asserted the power that it could compel newspapers, that it could compel publishers, that it could compel Lori Smith to write the words, God bless this marriage on a custom website celebrating a view of marriage that goes against her faith. And I think a majority of the court understood that there's a big problem going on here. A majority of the court understood that Everything that Lori creates is speech. The state of Colorado has conceded this. Every website that Lori creates is speech. And under the state's theory, Colorado would compel Lori to promote messages that go against her deepest beliefs. And that, that's wrong. Free speech is for everyone. Yeah. The First Amendment protects the right of every American to say what they believe without fear of government punishment. Well, the court should, should certainly know that there's a problem because they created it in part. I, I want to play a clip of uh, Justice Gorsuch uh, talking to... Uh, Kristen Wagner, actually asking her a question as she was uh, uh, presenting her oral arguments. Uh, clip number nine, please. The objections to compelled speech here on religious grounds could include, in fact, do include some objections with respect to certain heterosexual marriages. That there are certain heterosexual unions that your client would not speak in, toward either. Is that correct? Certainly, and that's in the stipulated facts in terms of she declines messages based on the message, and she has declined other projects based on the message that have nothing to do with same-sex marriage. So the question isn't who, it's what? Always. I mean, we've seen this before with the Bakers uh, that ADF has represented, that this is an issue of the, not, not individuals, not denying people service, but certain activities that they do not want to be forced to participate in. Yeah, like Jack, like Jack Phillips, who came before Lori Smith. Lori serves everyone. She just can't express every message. The First Amendment protects people like Lori and Jack. Colorado would look past that. Colorado would compel any artist to promote messages that go against their deepest beliefs, no matter who they serve. But for people like Lori and Jack, it's always about what they're asked to promote. It's never about who's requesting. But you know, there, there are, in a civil society. We understand that there are differences, and so we don't usually force people to do things that they don't want to do. And so this really is being brought about with Jack Phillips, who has been hounded time after time. This is about the intolerance of those on the left who want to force people to engage in something that morally, religiously, uh, they just simply cannot do. Certainly over the past 10 years, what we've seen are activists and government officials trying to punish people simply because they disagree with their beliefs. And the First Amendment forbids this. And it's a good thing because a win for Lori and Jack would be a win for all Americans. We don't think the government should force an LGBT website designer to create custom right. websites celebrating a view of marriage that goes against their beliefs. Free speech is truly for everyone, no matter what your viewpoint is on life's biggest issues. You know what? And, and we understand that and embrace that, but only probably about half of us. Those on the left just don't seem to see it the same way. Um, well, I was encouraged by, uh, by, what, by what I heard in Saul, and so we uh, will be prayerful that we'll see a positive outcome in this. We have a lot to be hopeful for. All right. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, I will tell you, I mean, I think that, uh, first off, I want to thank uh, Jake and, and, and the ADF team. They do a great job. They've, they've rep they're representing so many believers who have found themselves in the crosshairs of the left. But as I was up there this morning at the rally, the free speech rally, free speech for everyone, by the way, was the, entire, the title of the rally. And, um, you know, it was one of the reasons I was in the, the Marine Corps. I believe we should defend rights of everybody, even those we disagree with. As the chairman of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, I advocated for religious freedom for all people of all faiths. I, I think as Christians, that's what we do because we're not afraid to defend what we believe in. But it was interesting why we were there the whole time. The, the counter um, demonstration was not speaking. They were just making noise, playing loud music, trying to drown out those of us who were speaking for free speech. It's, it's truly amazing and very revealing. It happens almost every time we have some type of rally uh, up there at the Supreme Court. The left simply cannot tolerate free speech. All right, coming up, 
We'll continue discussing the attacks on religious liberty with Missouri Secretary of State. Jay Ashcroft joins us next to talk about why he has spoken out about the Congress and their move to redefine marriage and place that into federal statute. That's next. Don't go away. More Washington Watch straight ahead. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us on this Monday. And uh, always good to to, uh, hear from our listeners and viewers. If you'd like to uh, contact me, Tony at TonyPerkins.com. Also, we would love to have you partner with us. We've got a matching, a match that's been put forward by some of our supporters here. And everything that's given by the end of the year will be doubled. So uh, go to TonyPerkins.com and you can make that contribution. All right, tomorrow the U.S. House of Representatives is expected to vote on the so-called Respect for Marriage Act, codifying the redefinition, the court's redefinition of marriage into federal law. Now, it goes way beyond that, uh, as we've talked about repeatedly on this program, about the attacks on religious freedom that this will foster. Just as we're seeing right today, this case we were just talking about before the Supreme Court. But among the, the many disappointing aspects of the process by which this bill was maneuvered through Congress was that 12 Republican senators joined every Democrat in a lame duck session of Congress voting for it, despite well-documented warnings on the threat this bill poses for religious freedom. Among those GOP senators voting for this bill is retiring Missouri Senator Roy Blunt, a friend of mine who I talked to about this bill. He voted three times to move this bill past a filibuster, a complete 180 from both how he initially ran for office and how he's legislated in the past. Well, joining me now to discuss this is Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. He publicly, publicly spoke out lobbying his senator to oppose the Disrespect for Marriage Act. Uh, Secretary Ashcroft, welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks for having me. Let me ask you. Uh, why? I mean, I look, I have held office and I know how sensitive it is when you speak out against another uh, elected official in your state. Uh, but you spoke out very clearly about this, calling upon Senator Blunt, who who is a friend, to uh, to, to represent the, the views of a majority of those in Missouri and vote against this. Why did you speak out? Well, I was very disappointed by what he had done. Uh, I called him on his cell phone, uh, left him a message. Uh, I felt that if I had a problem with what he'd done, I should go directly to him. I wanted to offer him a chance to explain why I was wrong. 
And uh, when he didn't get back to me, the only option left for me was to send out a public letter to make sure uh, that it was understood that I did not believe what was going on was correct. I believe that the, the right of people to practice their religion and worship in the way that they see fit should be protected. And the idea of our Congress passing laws allowing citizens to sue other citizens for, quote, wrong thing was an abomination. What problems do you foresee for the people of Missouri based upon this piece of legislation if, in fact, it passes the House tomorrow and President Biden signs it into law? One of the foundational principles of our country is that we, the people, are allowed to worship uh, freely and to worship how we see fit. We don't have to get permission from our government or from our neighbors as to what we can believe. Uh, And under this bill, This is creating a private right of action. It's creating an opportunity uh, for the Department of Justice to go after people whose religious beliefs, sincerely held religious beliefs, conflict with how other people want to live their lives. It's, It's an extremely massive step away from how this country was founded, and it will eventually affect every individual who has a deeply held religious faith, regardless of, of what that faith is, and, and that will affect every Missourian. Have you heard from Senator Blunt since you went public with your plea? <laughs> no, I haven't, and uh, I'm probably off of his Christmas card lifts. I understand that, but I think it's important for people of faith. Frankly, I think it's important for everyone uh, to be vocal in government, and I think it's all elected officials have a responsibility uh, to be open to communications from their constituents. Uh, He is uh, retiring, and uh, the attorney general uh, for the state, uh, Eric Smith, is going to be taking uh, his place. Has he he stated where he would stand on the issue? Uh, I have not heard from him, but I haven't asked him. Um, I believe that he would uh, affirm what the people of the state have held. I believe that he would affirm that the federal government does not have the constitutional authority uh, to state. Uh, marriage laws or to create marriage laws. That's been always left to the province of the states. And I firmly believe that he would agree that after the people of this country have voted just less than a month ago to change the leadership of Congress, uh, that matters of this importance should not be taken up in a lame duck, lame duck session. Yeah, I, I, I agree. This type of stuff should not happen when you have leaders who will never stand before their voters again to be held accountable. This is a It's always disastrous when we have things like this uh, occur. Well, Secretary Ashcroft, I want to thank you for joining us. And again, I want to thank you for the courage for speaking out. I agree with you. I think some of these things matter so much because they will have such a profound impact on the future of our country that we must speak out. And uh, and I thank you for doing so. Thank you for having me. All right, Secretary Jay Ashcroft from Missouri. Um, Disappointing. I've been, you know disappointed. Um, Well, I'll just leave it at that. I've been disappointed. But I've also been encouraged by those who understand. They can connect the dots to see where this is headed. And more and more people across the country understand that you can't tinker with, you can't redefine what God created without consequences. And I believe we stand at a significant point in the history of this nation. We're beginning to see all the the consequences of rejecting truth. How do you fix that? You return to truth. You return to what God has said is right, and you reject what he says is wrong. And that means each and every one of us. All right, don't go away, because we're going to, on the other side of the break, I'm going to be joined by the Attorney General of my home state of Louisiana about his efforts to help parents guard their children against pornographic, obscene material that's showing up in public libraries. It's nothing more than taxpayer-funded peep shows. He's going to talk next. Jeff Landry joins me here on Washington Watch. Don't go away. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, 
build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. I, I hate to interrupt, but this is Washington Watch. Glad you have tuned in on this Monday. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Check it out. Lots of resources there for you. And the lame duck session, unfortunately, continues. That's this period of time between the election and the new Congress, which comes in January the 3rd. Who knows how long it's going to last? It may go through Christmas. I have no idea. Uh, there are any number of things that they may attempt to do. We mentioned at the top of the program the National Defense Authorization Act, the annual must-pass piece of legislation. Chip Roy is running, running late, so we weren't able to get into that with him. We're going to talk about that tomorrow with uh, Florida Senator Rick Scott, so be sure and tune in for that. That is lifting the vaccine mandate in exchange for Republicans supporting NDAA. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. But for now, parents know that shielding their young children today from graphic, inappropriate content is becoming more difficult than ever. I mean, it's, it's pernicious what's online. You know, previous generations could never have imagined the forces of evil working to seduce children down a path, a dark path. And, 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 and that's what a lot of this sexual exploitation begins with. But they could have never imagined that the section of uh, the library, the children's section of public libraries, would become, in many cases, taxpayer-funded peep shows for children. Now, this is why Attorney General Jeff Landry, in my home state, has created a tip line for parents to report inappropriate books for children that are found in these public libraries. Now, parents and concerned citizens can visit a portal on the Attorney General's office uh, webpage to report materials that contain graphic sexual content that is not appropriate for young readers. Joining me now to discuss this is the Lieutenant, Lieutenant, uh, the Attorney General of the state of Louisiana, Jeff Landry. Jeff, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me, Tony. All right. Uh, tell us why you launched this initiative with this tip line for parents, why it's necessary. 
Well, look, we, it, there were a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, one of the uh, sections in our office is what we call the ICAT unit. It's the Internet Crimes Against Children, uh, and it is comprised of about 20 to 25 investigators uh, who work to protect children from online predators. What we've seen over the last 12 years is a 7,000-fold increase in the number of tips that come into just our office uh, for people who are preying on children uh, sexually on the Internet. And, of course, we report on a weekly basis the number of arrests that we make on these child pedophiles. That is causing me some concern as to what is it that is increasing uh, the number of these pedophiles and attacks against children, innocent children, over the Internet. At the same time, we started receiving complaints from parents who are concerned about the books that they're finding in the libraries, in their public libraries, that are accessible to children. And, you know, Tony, anyone who has followed uh, our uh, time at the Attorney General's office in Louisiana knows that we have stood up again and again. We stood up for students in explaining what their religious rights uh, as when they go to public schools. We've stood up to educate parents and students uh, when the government was infringing upon their rights when it came to vaccine mandates during the pandemic. This is another way under which we want to educate parents that they have some parental rights, uh, that, that they have ways to go out and basically give their grievance to their elected officials and ensure that there are policies in their libraries that protects their children. I mean, you're not the only one that made this argument, so you're not alone in this. In fact, I just had uh, Attorney General Jay Ashcroft on uh, from Missouri, and I didn't get into it with him because we were talking about something else. But he's he's had he has a very similar project going on in the state of Missouri. The, the sexual content that kids are being exposed to today, especially in places that are supposed to be. I mean, if you get something out of a school library or public library, you, you think, well, it's, it's, I mean, the library's not going to give me anything that's bad. And so there's this expectation in the minds of children that if you get it from a teacher, you get it from a librarian, you get it out of the public library, it's going to be okay. But in fact, these are breaking the, the, the material that we're seeing. And I've seen some reports uh, that show just how, uh, I mean, this stuff is obscene. This is breaking down the inhibitions that children have about sexual topics. And this is allowing what Again, you're not the only one arguing this. Others have. This leads to grooming. And this is why we may be seeing that increase in the, ex uh, the sexual exploitation of children. You're exactly right. And as part of the presentation that we gave to over 300 people in St. Tammany Parish in Louisiana, as you know, we don't have counties, we have parishes. Uh, and we, had, we held kind of a town hall meeting under which we kind of walked them through the sexualization and grooming of children, because certainly we don't want children to fall victim to this type of sexualization and assault. You know, but I'm waiting for someone to tell me how these books belong right next to Dr. Seuss. Right. Why these books belong on the children's section of the library. I, I don't think anyone, any sane person who has raised children, uh, is certainly in an environment that we want, um, that we know, not that we want, but that we know is conducive for positive growth, can tell me that these books belong inside of the children's section of a library. Uh, and so we want to be able to in, in, educate parents that they have some parental rights and that their voices can be heard and that we can put in place positive policy that both, you know, that both protects First Amendment rights of books that are actually in the library already uh, in, from, from getting into the hands of children. And so that's what we're trying to do. Well, I, I, I do say you do have some detractors. Um, the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU in Louisiana, criticized you, saying that, uh, quote, and I quote from them, uh, children are not being exposed to obscene content in libraries, and it's troubling that anyone would suggest that LGBTQ-related content is any way harmful to children. I mean, that's the type of graph. I mean, parents need to see 
and many of them have, and that's why they're speaking out, and that's why they've contacted you, is because this material is graphic, it is obscene, and it is not appropriate for five- and six-year-olds to be looking at all this issue of human sexuality. Well, you know, interestingly enough, why don't we ask the ACLU to publish those books on their website and let parents around the country determine whether or not those books are offensive Bingo. to them? Why don't they do that? You know, since they are the American Civil Liberties let's Union, see, let, let's see let's if they'll take you up on that. Publish those books on their website and then make that available to everyone on the open web. No, they want to hide it. They want to hide it in the library so just the kids get to it. But you are pulling back the curtain, curtain, and allowing parents to speak out. So uh, before we run out of time, how can parents contact you and let you know what they see or what they're concerned about? They can go to our website at aggjefflandry.com. There they'll find the link that puts them to uh, the portal uh, that allows them to fill out some information and then to discuss the issues that that are concerning them regarding these books. What are the next steps for your office as you collect this information? As we collect this, this information, we're also doing simultaneously, we're doing a deep dive into the legal framework here in Louisiana so that we can offer... Uh, our legislators and parents uh, the options to what they can do to put in place policies that are going to protect children. All right. Well, we want to help you with that, and uh, we'll make sure we get this information out. And and as this information comes in, maybe we can do another uh, town hall meeting, because this is an issue that we're seeing across the nation. Uh, But we need leaders uh, like you who are willing to step forward and say, you know what, everybody's talking about it, but I'm going to do something about it. So we look forward to following up with you on this. Thank you. All right. Uh, Attorney General Jeff Landry of my home state of Louisiana. So uh, if you're in Louisiana and you, uh, you, you've you seen this material, I want you to go to his website, AG Jeff Landry. I think it was, well, just go to TonyPerkins.com. We've got a link there for you and uh, you can report this information. He's compiling it into a, a report He's got to go to the legislature to get them to amend some laws, because right now there's like this blanket umbrella over libraries that they can do whatever they want, uh, because they can put it this kind of material in books and libraries, and it's not obscene, according to the current law. So he's going to need your help to change that if you live in the state of Louisiana. Okay, I mentioned at the top of the program, we were going to have Chip Roy talk about uh, this uh, revelation of the Twitter files where we see this collusion that was taking place between the Biden campaign and Twitter. Well, uh, we didn't have the time with uh, Congressman Roy because he was running late, but we've got uh, Scott Shepard. He is with the National Center. He is the director of the National Center's Free Enterprise Project. Scott, welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks so much, Tony. Great to be with you. All right, Scott, what do we know about this? This is, I mean, we all knew it was happening, but this is the first time we've seen solid evidence that it, in fact, did happen. Yeah, well, as you say, we knew we, we knew it was going on since the first. Uh, we knew that it was censorship. We knew that it was astonishing that the New York Post was locked out of Twitter for weeks and weeks at a time. And I think we all know that this is also just the tip of a, a very deep iceberg, that we know that the same things were going on at Facebook, that the same things were going on uh, with Google, that the th- that they continued into this administration, uh, that that collusion occurred, and and collusion and and combinations to deny American civil rights occurred between government actors and Twitter and Facebook and, and Google. That, that's actors in ways that might be criminal. Yeah, that's the important point here. You know, we're talking about the bluebird there, and I'm I'm hoping that feathers will fly over this as there is more investigation into this. But when you have a government entity, and we saw this with the Biden administration, remember back during COVID when uh, they said they were going to talk to the social media, they were going to call them in and talk to them about disinformation. When the government actually gets a private entity to censor speech, that is a violation. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, It's been established, at least since the civil rights movement, that if state actors act to uh, deny American civil rights. They work with private parties to do things which would be would be illegal for the government to do on its own. Then the government has denied civil rights, and and the, uh, 
eventually those those carry criminal offenses. We're, we we all have to be certain that this has occurred across social media, yes. across the uh, the the um, aggregator platforms, right? And, and this really needs to be looked into. And once we have a non-corrupt attorney general, prosecutions need to start. I mean, you're right. I mean, this is something we need to be very clear about. If Twitter was doing it, then there's a very, very high probability that we see it from Facebook, Instagram, uh, Google, all of these other social media giants had to be doing the same thing. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. They've worked in lockstep all along. Um, and, and it's just it, it, but we know that Facebook and Fauci were colluding to call Americans who were saying true things on the Facebook uh, platform. Uh, the misrepresenters, which is to say calling them liars and then locking down their account. Well, in any normal uh, understanding of basic uh, common law and, and hundreds of years of American law, that's defamation. And it's defamation with malice aforethought, and it's defamation uh, by collusion between government and private actors. So there should be huge damages uh, awarded to everybody who was knowingly called a liar by these companies uh, falsely and willfully. I mean, Scott, could this be, I mean, could this shake up the, the whole social media world? Well, I, I certainly hope so, because if uh, if Twitter, if, if Musk gets Twitter working properly and openly, then it'll be obvious every time that Facebook is, is uh, um, censoring. It'll be immediately clear when they're lying, when they're censoring. It'll be clear, there'll be a, a, an avenue to make it clear when Google is using its um, its methods to highlight left-wing uh, uh, information and to, to hide uh, conservative information that they've been doing, obviously, and for years. And so if Twitter manages to be successful, isn't shut down by this uh, rapacious attorney general who thinks that going to a PA me, PTA meeting is domestic terrorism. Right. Uh, if he manages to survive, I think this could be the beginning of the end for the Silicon Valley, the, Sil the notion that Silicon Valley controls our thoughts. I mean, this begins to explain a little bit more of why the left was so opposed to Musk obtaining uh, control of Twitter. I, I guess they didn't burn the files. I mean, what else might he find in there? Oh, well, as I say, we're, we're almost certain that there was collusion with Fauci. I'm almost certain that there was collusion with this administration that didn't stop when, from the, the campaign to the administration, and that's gone on all the way through until now. And you know that's true because the, uh, the Clinton playbook was pulled out today. There was a press conference, and, and that new press secretary, who doesn't seem to know anything about anything, she, she went to the old Clinton routine. Oh, gosh, this is... This is just old stuff. We all knew about this. Well, you've been denying it until now. So the fact that it's old just makes you even more aggressively a liar and your collusion to deny civil rights even more grave. Yeah, actually, uh, I've, I've got that clip, but I'm not going to have time to play it today. I'm going to play it uh, tomorrow. Scott, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us uh, at the last minute. Appreciate you stepping in. Of course. Anytime, Tony. All right. Uh, so we're going to talk about this more tomorrow, and I'll play that clip for you uh, because uh, he's absolutely right. Look, this is big news. And, you know, this is why we can't give up. We've got to keep pressing, 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 pushing, pushing, pushing. All right. And, by the way, the only reason that Washington watches here is not because of advertisers. It's because of you. So join with us in making sure Washington Watch stays on the air. Go to TonyPerkins.com find out how. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 
372-7234. 